Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Afro Saya, the Pan-African podcast. This is our second episode. If you are just cutting off with us. Well, thank you again for everybody who's listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate, um, you know, the fact that you're downloading the program or you are interested in kind of like knowing what's going on over here. <laughs> so this podcast is dedicated to talk about our Black community, not only in the Americas, but also in the United States. And today we want to talk about something that is happening in America. And I'm, I'm very, very surprised. I'm like, really? Because this is the thing. I was, I'm not a U.S. citizen. So I moved to the States a couple of years ago, decided to start a new life here. And I've been very excited about that because all the things I knew about America was through TV, of course. And... But I have the opportunity to live here before deciding to move back again and for good. And when I moved here, I was very excited about the opportunity of, you know, living the American dream or living in a developed country, which I never understood what was that because I always grew up in a developing country. So for me, being here and having such as access to everything, including education and in I don't know, having access to everything, I think it was just one of the things that I was really excited about it. Um, but when I got here, I started noticing different attitudes towards people and towards uh, the way you are, the way you look, and the way you talk. So I was like, oh, okay, so I guess I have to start understanding who I am here. And I remember one time um, when I was filling papers for my graduate program, Yes, honey, I went to a graduate college and I remember filling up the application and they asked me for my race and ethnicity. And I was like, what's the difference between race and ethnicity? Isn't the same? Well, it apparently it's not. What was more interesting for me was that they categorized me as Latino. And I'm like, I'm no Latino, I'm Afro-Bolivian. And at least I want to find out a way that I can say that I'm black and kind of like indigenous and from Latin American country. Uh, the, for me, the term Latino was like, what does that mean? Never, nobody has explained it to me before. So I started having conversations with other Latinos. And I remember a friend, she was amazing. And she explained it to me a little bit about the term and why people use the term. I was like, I refuse to use the Latino term here because I'm not that. I'm, I'm Afro-Bolivian or Afro-descendant. Rather be Afro-Latino than just Latino. So I decided to choose others. And every time I choose others, they ask me to explain. So I kind of like explain it. But I remember one time I was in the hospital and then a lady was telling me, of course, it was a white lady. What is the Afro-Latino means? And I was trying to explain her that my mom is an African descendant who was born in Bolivia, but their parents were African descendants brought to the Americans, like kind of like lecturing her. And she was like, oh, okay, but are you okay with just Latino? I'm like, no, I'm Afro-Latino. She's like, okay. I guess she was trying to be like a mean person too, kind of like you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to decide for you. So kind of like she raised that and she put me into the Latino, like, category. Since that day, I started thinking, this is, like, insane. Why people are like that? Like, why they don't respect who we are? And, and if I want to be an Afro-Latino, why they don't let me be Afro-Latino? 
Back in Bolivia, they let me be Afro-Bolivian. Why here in the United States, Los Estados Unidos, they don't let me be who I want to be? So I was very upset at that day. Um, and just like that, our Black community is facing so many other issues here. And today, we are going to be talking about about six incidents that happened to our Black community. That involves young women, young men, uh, black men and black women too. So we have from all the spectrum to talk about it. And and these cases, these six events just happened in April 2018. So we are kind of like June, July right now. So before you forget what's going on in this country, let me remind you what's happening, okay? So being said that, let's begin our program. We have an intro introduction song that we like to play for you. And after that, we just digging into these issues. Welcome. And yeah, my name is Alejandro. Let's begin. Welcome to, to Afrosaya. Afrosaya. Afro All right, before we continue moving, I want to encourage you to find this book. For um, This book was written by Paul Butler. Um, it's called Chuck Hall, Policing Black Men. I think you can find it in your public library or you can just go Barts and Novel and probably you will find it over there. And I think th he is a professor from Georgetown University and he... Yeah, wrote something really interesting that you, I'm sure you will li like to know what's happening. All right, so let's begin about the six instances where, you know, our black community has to face not only the police, but the uh, this this such a madness thing going on right now. All right, let's begin with this lady. Her name is Lolite. She is a graduate student in African Studies at Yale University. For those who don't know what's Yale University, it's this, this rich, whiteness university, finest university. People told me like that. I don't know if it's true. But um, Yale University is one of the old universities in the U.S. It's in East Coast. Um, you know, due to their racial disparity in this country, I think only white people could go to that university for a while. So now I guess, you know, black people are also allowed to go there and Latinos and other minority people. So I guess that's what it is. But this is the thing. She is a graduate university and she was studying a lot and she has to write a paper and she was like, I guess, tired of being in her own room. So she decided to step aside and she sat in the stairs outside her room. And when she was there, she was tired and she fell asleep. So she was napping, right? Um, but a lady who is next or in front of her room, who happens to be a white lady called the police, uh, meaning the Yale police, and said, we have a lady here, she's sleeping here, and she can't do that. So the police show up, of course, in just a minute, and start interrogating the lady, like, who are you? Are you a student here? Show us your ID. And she, I mean, I guess it was just, just painful to watch. I mean, it's just, just painful to be there and be her. Um because she is a student, a university student at that college. And 
I don't understand. I mean, just police showing up and interrogating her. Why? Why? Because the lady felt threatened? Because the lady felt that a black lady could do something to her? I don't understand. I mean, I do not understand why the police needed to be such as harassing to. Um, so then after that, she was like, you know, the university apologized, of course, and they felt sorry and blah, blah, blah. But that case brought to me something really interesting, too. That happens to me at my work. And I haven't told anybody yet, but I'm going to share with you today. In my work, I was working and I work in a high school and I was moving from school, from classroom to classroom. And the police approached me and say, uh, excuse me, are you a student here? And I'm like, no, I'm not a student. She's like, oh, okay. Because uh, I haven't seen you before. And I'm like, I work here. And why you're interrogating me? What, what is the base of information of this person to ask me if I was a student or not? Is, is the police like, obs- and that's one of the a hundred times that I've been harassed and interrogated by the police. And I guess this is the beauty of being in America. That's the sacrifice that you brown people do for being in this country. So I guess we have to suck it up this thing because I was really pissed off. I was really upset. And just like this lady, I was like, yeah, why the police only have to interrogate people who look different. Race and ethnicity concept that people have in mind. So this incident, one of the many, I'm sure happening in many schools that we still don't know, right? This was this was exposed due to social media, and that's how we know what happened. The second case that happened, it was in a shopping clothes. So young men, three of them were going to a prom, and they needed to buy something, last-minute thing, like everybody else probably need to buy something, last-minute thing. And they went to this Nordstrom Rock. I can't even say the name. I, I, I'm sure I've never been in this place, and who knows if I go there, right? So Nordstrom Rock was, was the mall where these people go there, and they buy their stuff. And when they were leaving, the police approached them outside in the parking lot and asked them for their receipts to show them that they really bother stuff instead of saying I mean why why only these three guys because they were black of course because they were young of course and this is like the kind of races that now we have to face the kind of issues that we have to face I don't want to remember the things that happened to me but probably it happens many times leaving probably target you know the security asked me for my receipt and I'm like okay why you're policing us now here but I understand there are bad people out there could be bulgary, they could be robbery, lift, uh, lift shop thing that they call them that I didn't even know exists, that thing. So anyway, so that was one other incident that our young three men needed, uh, like they faced uh, this kind of racial bias going on in there. You know, the police came and then they asked them for their receipt. They showed them that they bought their stuff and then they were ready to go. Um, but later on... The manager, the president called in and once again apologized for what happened. All right, so we're good then, I guess, right? But no, it didn't end over there. Another case happened with an ARBNB or Airbnb. So three, three, this happens through three black people. Um, 
they were kind of like getting their stuff um, from their cars uh, to staying in an Airbnb. So for people who don't know who what's an Airbnb, it's literally a house where you rent and you can sleep in the house. Uh, it could be the owner in the same house too or not, uh, but you will have access. You will have a key, you will have access to, you know, the kitchen, living room, bathroom, etc. So kind of like sharing thing, but it's much cheaper than a hotel. That's probably why people always uh, choose this option. Um, but it's also like in areas where you want it to be in the community rather like in hotels or business area, I guess. But these three guys who was loading their suitcase were approached by a police and a helicopter over the heads and asking them if what they were doing in the house. That was another case where the police needed to show up and make the lives of these three guys miserable. So they were questioning, they were um, asked what they were doing over there. So I guess this is something that we have to get used to. I don't know. I'm really getting scared and afraid probably because I don't want to leave my room now. But these cases are happening and we need to report and we need to do something. It's just like, oh yeah, we need to fix the racing. Discrimination issues in America. But when and how? So this is another case, and I have another, and I have two more to tell you. And okay, while we relax a little bit, let's listen some music from our Latin American countries. We have something for Colombia today to share with you. So here it comes, and don't change this podcast because when we come back, we have the golfing and sitting in a Starbucks. <laughs> So let's come back and let's talk about the golfing part. I don't know if you guys like golfing. So, okay. So it happens to be, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't like golf because I think it's a white sport unless, you know, Tiger was the only player who played, I guess, this game or this sport. And I, I don't know. I never liked uh, that kind of sport. Uh, that doesn't mean that our black community shouldn't play. I totally support. I think our black community should play all the sports, right? But this is what happened. So it was uh, three ladies. Okay, we, we're not going to say how many ladies, but it was ladies. Okay, a group of black women. They were playing on April 21st, for those who want reference. And they've been called on the police. Because the people who were playing in that golf we, um, and those people were white called the police and said, yeah, these ladies are playing too slow the game. 
And that was the only issue that these white men had. They were saying that these relays were playing so slow. And you're like, what the, right? You might be saying that. Because what's the, you can let them be. If you're good at your game, just be at your game. But let other people learn on their own steps, like me. Let me learn English in my own step. And don't correct me. Because I can speak two languages, and you can probably speak one, and barely speak one, right? So, okay, uh, going back to the golfing. <laughs> so, I, I just, I think it's insane. I mean, the ladies were playing, they were having fun, and just because they were black, probably, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, if if they were blonde and white, probably the, these guys wouldn't call them the police on the police. And, oh, yeah, because they are learning, they're playing. But because they were black, I'm sure it was that the case. And the last case I want to share with you all is about sitting in a Starbucks. You probably all know here about it because it was one of the cases. So two black men were sitting in a Starbucks in Philadelphia. One of them were using the bathroom and the other was waiting. So while he was waiting, I guess a lady, the manager, called the police and said, we have a black guy waiting here. He's not consuming anything and we're scared. We're going to be like shot or something, right? <laughs> I guess that was the, I don't know. So the police show up in less than a minute because they were on bicycles too. And they show up and I don't understand what was this. The police could have come and say like, what's happening? Why this, you know, I don't know. But the situation escalated so fast that these guys were arrested for just being sitting in a Starbucks and practically using the bathroom, one of them and the other was waiting for his friend. And then they were moved to jail and then the whole thing exploded. So this is a thing to consider here. This is the cases that we know for our black community here. But what if you are Latino, you're brown, you're brown person here and you're in the store and these things happen to you, you probably will be like, oh yeah, right, right, right. I shouldn't be sitting here. But why? You know, this is... Uh, something that we need to address in terms of of everybody else making feel okay for what, whatever they're doing, even if it's playing um, golf or sitting in a cof- in a coffee shop. So, if you're white, do you feel the same threat? Maybe that's the question. Um, if we could see that happening to all races, then we could assume that okay, it's normal. <laughs> you know, the normal thing. But if it's only happening to black people, brown people, people of color, then we have to start questioning what's happening with our system. If I was a manager in the store and I see these brothers and sisters, black, playing or sitting at Starbucks, I wouldn't call on the police because I don't assume they are criminals because I don't make assumptions based on their skin color. And that's the problem in this country. We need to stop assuming that because of the skin is a threat. I mean, I don't know. Being a Bolivian, many of my fellow Bolivians may feel that the white people are threat too. Because we have an Evo Morales president today, and he attacks a lot to the white people, especially to the gringos and Americans. So for a while, it was kind of scary too. I mean, 
people in Bolivia were feeling that, you know, white people are there to either steal your natural resources, steal your country, messed up your country, which has happened in the past. And I think that's the, the fear. So these biased things about race and ethnicity is not only happening in the United States, but it's also happening in both ways, wherever you're going. So I guess that's what is happening. But... One thing that won't happen in Bolivia is that Bolivians will call on the police and say, we have a white man sitting in my coffee shop. No, the police will never show up first. And even if you are brown, the police won't show up. That's the point. <laughs> the police is like, oh, okay, have fun, enjoy. I mean, good luck. <laughs> Try to solve the problem. Um so I guess this is what we have to start talking about, right? What's happening in this country? Who is in charge? And how do we understand our race and our ethnicity in terms of, of calling on the police or accusing someone for something that didn't even happen? So assumptions, it's a thing to consider. Making um, threats, it's also a thing to consider. And I believe that the more we talk but also, the more we act, we could change things. If we kind of educate, we mix, we share more values, more. If we talk more, we can definitely understand more each other. Um, I would like to bring these topics to you. I mean, I brought some cases that happened in Bolivia. And as a Bolivian citizen, I could also understand how Americans may feel here when they see another person of color. I don't know. It's just hard to make some final statements on these cases. But one thing we could start doing in is making assumptions based on race and ethnicity. All right, that's all what I have to say today. If this is a program that you really like, please continue supporting. We have a Patreon page, so be my sponsor, and you can actually contribute to my podcast with $3, and I will continue talking about these topics, even if you don't support my program. <laughs> but if you do, please do it right now. We have a Patreon. You can find me on my website, afrosaya.com. You can find me on afrosaya.com. And um, yeah, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. You can find me as Afrosaya. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast. That's all what I have today. We're going to end the program listening one of the most beautiful songs that I ever knew, which is Saya. The Afro-Bolivian community is bringing their drums and the African heritage for us. And with that, we're going to close our program. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Afro Saya, Afro Saya, Afro Saya. Afro Saya.